You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. In my heart and on the pot. 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 You're always there to remind us. Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's our food lion. Mm-hmm. And we're back after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. little break, little interview in in the middle of talking about Element 101. Yes. So back to our uh, our regularly scheduled pod. It's uh, it's been a while for you boys. It's been a while. How was that Thanksgiving? It's good, man. Uh yeah, hopped up to Minnesota, saw you briefly. Very briefly, uh, like less than half an hour. <laughs> yeah, that sucked, but at least we got to see each other. Yes. Um and then uh, came back home and host Thanksgiving here. But yeah, it was pretty, it was low key. It was a nice little week of, of respite after kind of a stressful season. So oh, man, it was nice. How about you? Uh, yeah, I got to, got to see my parents and my brother and his family and some family, just a couple of family friends, friends of my parents, nice. uh, which was the opposite of last year's Thanksgiving. Right. Which yes. was me sitting at my coffee table <laughs> having yeah. thanksgiving canned, dinner <laughs> canned cranberry sauce for one. Ooh, i mean uh, that's not as sad as you make it sound <laughs> <laughs> i know you're i know you're i am a, a strong proponent i'm a strong i am a canberry evangelist <laughs> that is you know i don't like to yuck people's yums but sure the canberries that is my uh Preferred way of consuming a swamp berry. <laughs> Love a swamp berry. You're always <laughs> handing out tracts about canberries. And... I know. That's I'm the jack chick of canberries. Yeah, yep. I've always said that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's December now. We yes. are fast approaching Christmas and the end of a trash year. <laughs> a good season. <laughs> Of good the podcast. <laughs> good season, trash year. It's been, it's been, it's the, been the highlight of the year has been the pod and yeah. the bands. This year has felt like a million years. Can you, rem- like, <laughs> doesn't us covering slick shoes feel yeah. like a billion years ago? It's, uh, it's funny that you say that because we're going to talk about Spotify wrapped in a little bit. We and, are. Uh, slick shoes was, both of our number one artists for the year <laughs> the podcast true. i used to say that my kids like skewed my wrapped uh yeah. now it's like the podcast is 100 percent like my my uh content but anyway slick shoes is number one for us because we've been listening to them all year long and, and truly that feels like five seasons ago it does and i i think i've decided that i need to have a wholly separate podcast spotify account mm. because it smart so heavily swayed <laughs> it really did. everything like dogwood was my number two yep. i haven't listened to dogwood 
since we covered them, yeah. which I think they were the second band. They were. Were they the second band we covered? I think so. Yeah. So we were doing, you know, more albums maybe. And I guess the longer that we've been, the longer ago in the year they were, maybe the more often. Um, I don't know. I, I've I've returned to some bands over the years. So I guess it makes sense that Slick Shoes has, has stayed there. But yeah, sure. Yeah, El- anyway. uh, you know, uh, Ace Troubleshooter for sure. Right. Um, you know, but uh, that that was one band that I, I haven't returned to since because I had a really hard time during that yeah. that. Uh, stage of the season so yeah. i was just like this is very much not representative of what i listened to throughout in like the off pod times you know right uh josh kimball responding with a comment to our post with a, a laughing face <laughs> yeah <laughs> and a praise hands emoji and i'm like you i know, think he's laughing because he, he he understands yeah, the context he under- <laughs> yeah he understands like uh and it, like that made me feel better that yeah. he that like he's like sort of in on it, like knowing that like we weren't always super uh, complimentary of of Dogwood, which it, Dogwood had its highs and yeah. lows. Yeah. So Perhaps, like the uh, fact that the fact that he was like sort of laughing about it to me like gave me a sense of like, all right, maybe he doesn't hate us that much. <laughs> yeah. No, and I yes, I want to be clear. Even though there were some tough times, I still big big fan, and uh, we, lots of lots of good stuff there. But oh, anyway. we, we I'm pretty sure we talked about like yeah how it sucks that we will never be able to see them. that right. was one of the bands that were like oh we would open up the pit so hard on so many of these songs for sure. But yeah, yeah. it was just a we don't need to we don't need to rehash. No, no, no. That, but as yeah, <laughs> anyway, long year, long year. Point. Yeah, long year is the point. Um. But why don't we Christmas talk coming for, soon? Christmas coming up. Why don't You're we talk coming ab- to visit? Ooh, yes. Just do some Christmas thing together. Anyway, couple, what are we going to talk? A couple weeks from now, we're going right. to be uh, hanging and seeing some Juliana Theory in May. Hell yeah. It'll be so beautiful. Uh, so, Magnified Pod has its own Spotify wrapped. Hey. Um, we have just over 1,400 listeners. That's pretty good. Which is pretty I know, great. Is <laughs> I mean, I think for, for us, for about as niche as you can get. Yeah. Oh my God. Look at how many. <laughs> this is so, so, ma- so many episodes this year. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We started the year with uh, talking about the newest, uh, newest podcast ever. It's sort of ending it with, um, kind of wrapping up our five iron season right. talking about until the shakes apart and having Reese and Scott and Jeremy uh, Griffith on. So yeah, that, that, uh, and then we didn't start slick shoes until uh, February, February 1st. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that, you know, not to give anything away, but we're going to probably be doing our top albums of the year very uh, soon, pretty soon. And it feels wild that five iron, is this year like I know. I, mean, I know we started listening to it before this year technically yes. but yes. Uh, yeah it's wild to think about that as being this year even it seems like a lifetime ago also yes it does um so yeah I want to shout out uh audience global audience shout out to Canada being our number two Belgium mm-hmm. hey coming in at a number is three mostly Christoph or what isn't he in belgium is yeah christoph cole is he is he from belgium i'm pretty sure he's from belgium 
Sounds right. That would make that would make sense. So maybe that's just just our our one uh, Belgian <laughs> fan, perhaps a listener. What up, Christoph? Uh, Australia, UK. Uh, what up, Bolivia? Ooh, Sweden, Sweden. New Zealand. Man, I want to. It's a good list. Yeah, yeah. I would love to get some some more uh, emails. Yeah. Some. I don't international know. International voicemails and international voicemails. Voice memos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us up. If you're if you're from um I mean we got some new we got some New Zealand downloads. Hit us up. Hit us up, New Zealand. Yeah. Olivia. Give us those accents, please. Yes. Yeah. My my uh, as I must apologize <laughs> again to Australia for the worst yeah. Australian <laughs> accent. I think it's I think we're saying that it's time to do a global Magpod tour. Um one hundred percent. I think that's what we are all saying. Is, <laughs> the streets are saying it. The streets are saying uh, we gotta we gotta get Magpod on the road. But I think before we go international, John, we need to, we need to do all of the promises that we've made about doing uh, a U.S. trip somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Doing doing a live episode somewhere at some point. I, I think that's a, a pod goal. Yes, that would be fun. Uh, a, apart from the one that we did here at my yeah, place, which... that doesn't exist (laughs) it doesn't exist because it the recording was pretty much unsalvageable it was it was it was a bummer for a lot of reasons but a good time uh, though it was a great it was certainly a good time you know what else is a good time Mm. booze hey hey i like that i i have not only an old-fashioned here as i do but not an old flame not not an old flame I should have, I should have made myself an old flame. Why didn't I make myself yeah, an old flame? So everybody keeps talking about old flame. Everybody. Yeah, on the, the streets are calling for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also have myself Topo Cheeks. Nice, classic. Um, well, I know that Magna Fright Pod is long over, even though we had a spooky episode last week. Sure. But I'm drinking an Allagash Haunted House. Ooh. Hoppy Dark Ale. Uh, because... I might talk about some haunted house business in a bit here. Oh my god! Some exciting news to share. <laughs> I can't uh, wait. Last night I went to see our dude's grave robber. Yeah, you did. Uh, performing Christmas songs. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, you haven't seen Grave Robber until you've seen them play. What child is this? <laughs> <laughs> did um, did was there a shovel? There was no shovel. No shovel. Um, there's a lot of I have a lot of thoughts about this experience. Um, okay. Because there were, as I texted you, about yes. five other people there. Oh, no. Which sucks. Um, <laughs> although I had texted uh, Jenny that night being like, yeah, I don't know. I, I would have expected a much bigger crowd for a Christian horror punk Christmas song set on a Wednesday <laughs> night in Wicker Park. Um, <laughs> so perhaps with that understanding, maybe wasn't expecting a huge crowd. But, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I felt bummed. They kept kind of referencing it like, half jokingly right he was like tell all your friends that they should have been at this show too <laughs> tag us and tell them they missed out on a cool show <laughs> um so it was like <laughs> a like oh i kind of wish i would have seen them you know at the height of halloween with like right. a more packed crowd hearing them actually play regular grave robber songs um and the other hand 
having them play like a very intimate show of just Christmas songs felt like a very special experience. Uh, and also was like, uh, good for me in the sense that, you know, I've been freaked out about shows and, right. uh, you had to show your vax card and wear a mask, but, um, still, you know, that was part of the reason why I didn't end up going to see them when they played in, uh, Kenosha near me in Halloween weekend because I was like right. oh, it's in like a dive bar probably no masks there it's in Wisconsin right uh, and this was like I definitely had six feet around me and <laughs> wore my mask the whole time and right um, whatever but you know it, it was a super fun show we talked about when we were doing our grave robber episode um, that we saw an interview that wretched gave where he was like whether we're playing to like thousands of people at a festival or like 10 people at a dive bar we try to give the same level of show and they certainly did and i could i could understand if they might have been like uh you know guys we're gonna like maybe have it be a little looser tonight but they were they were going for it man there was fog machine Mm. they all had their costumes plus santa hats on uh and like sweaters like light up sweaters and accoutrement and you did, you did send me a selfie that you took with wretched yes i did get to talk with wretched for a little bit um did you tell him about the pod i didn't oh. i kind of wondered if uh, get, him on, get him on the pod bro get him on the pod i mean we had tagged them a bunch of times and hadn't really heard anything so i was like didn't really want to be like hey by the way but maybe you know maybe this is just the first step towards a, a long relationship um <laughs> But uh, yeah, a memorable show. He he started it out at the, they played at the Subterranean in Chicago, which I don't know if you've oh, ever been. Oh, cool! There, oh yeah, 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 it's a rad venue. There's like a little spiral staircase that's uh-huh. kind of from like the green room or whatever that goes down to the stage. So they started the show with like creepy music playing with like jingle bells over it. And he's like reading a book as he descends the stairs, and he's like, "Twas that fright before Christmas, and all through the haunted house." <laughs> that kind of vibe. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, they just went for it, man. They were like calling us up to the front of the stage and trying to give us a memorable show and making jokes and doing some call and response, even though we were wearing masks and stuff. Um, but uh, it was a super fun time. Oh yeah, uh, they seemed like good dudes. Uh, I got some of their hot sauce, uh, mm. which is called, I believe in ghost, uh, cause it has ghost pepper in there. Love it. Now I largely bought this so that we could enjoy it together. Perhaps Hell. doing another Hell yeah. hot wing style yes. uh, portion of a pod when you come visit. And Absolutely. I'm a little bit nervous about it. Cause you know, ghost pepper four out of five on the, on the pepper scale on the bottle there. So could be an intense experience. Um, I, it's worth it. It yeah. is. It is worth it. Yeah. And no, we got to try it. Ah, man. I love that. I, I am bummed that it wasn't a more packed crowd. That's always, always more fun. Yeah. And I'm also bummed that you didn't get to hear any, I believe in ghosts or know, man. do any of the whoa, whoa, woes with them. Yeah, I know. I'm hoping a more traditional grave robber show is on the way and perhaps at that point we'll have we'll have more established relationship we can talk the pod um but i gotta mention one other thing which is that (laughs) i texted you about this dude with his band first jason opened and they are called first jason because the lead singer and front man and guitar player is (laughs) the guy who played jason in the original friday the 13th movie like the little kid at the end uh he's a grown man now and he's rocking out in his band first jason i think almost all the songs are 
Jason themed as well. And it was just like a great time. This dude is rocking it on his on his guitar. I sent you a little clip of him. You doing did. It. it was impressive. <laughs> um yeah, no, super fun. Uh really good set. And again, I felt bad because there were like even less people there for his set. And they had a whole thing where it's like meet meet and greet with the original Jason. And I was like, oh man, nobody's at the table. Um, but they put on a really fun set. So anyway, I had a good time. It was a strange night. Uh, I hope one day we'll We'll get to be at a show, as you're saying, that's a little more representative, but I, I had a really good time. So, yes, I am so glad that this happened. I was a little bummed when you weren't able to make it to the other one, but I feel like that was the the right choice. Yeah. To make. Uh, yeah. But I also went to yes. my first show, which so- also had grave in the title. Absolutely. A couple it, spooky boys. Yes. It's a couple spooky boys hitting up the grave, uh, the graveyard. <laughs> Mine was a graveyard club. Yes. And they played in uh, Turf Club. Turf Club in Minneapolis. St. Paul. Oh, is Turf Club in St. Paul? Yeah. Just over the border, kind of. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Turf Club in St. Paul, it really gave me uh, a vibe like old uh, old double door in chicago yeah. yeah yeah great venue great venue uh it was another one of those uh vaxxed masked situations yes. so i totally felt fine like i yeah. i wasn't necessarily like it wasn't like <laughs> packed packed it wasn't a sold out show okay but yeah and uh i was <laughs> sending you like updates throughout <laughs> throughout the show and it was a really it was really fun yeah. And they did a cover of 99 Red Balloons. Cool. And the there is uh, like a t- kind of a dual vocalist situation. And like one of them is a female vocalist. And so she did the 99 Red Balloons. Nice. Uh, and it was just sounded awesome. So there's they're a, sort of a spooky adjacent yeah. uh, band. They don't and, really sound that spooky, but they have no. spooky content. They they they're very bleepy bloopy eighties yeah. kind of kind synth of synthy synthy yeah. vibes, but I was very into it. Yeah, and just the other night I went to my first movie. Ooh. I saw French Dispatch. Hey, Wes Anderson, very yes. very delightful. It's been a while since I've been a while since been I've a while. seen a Wes Anderson film, and uh, it. There wasn't there was there wasn't a single shot in that movie that wasn't perfectly framed and balanced. Yeah, that's classic like, Wes. Yeah, it, it, there's they've they've got to eventually name a shot <laughs> after him because yes, people do call things Andersonian, you know. Yeah, it is. Um, it is lots of very wide shots, very symmetrical and balanced, and yeah. vis- visually and aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Um. Yes, but very, very well done. Lots of different artistic styles happening in that movie. Yeah, I think that's what I find most interesting about it is there's a lot of black and white. There's color. There's, there's different car- animation. framing, animation. He does a lot of these. Um, everybody in the frame is completely still, but obviously yes. like yes. physically, like it's not like a still shot. The camera's no, moving, not. but they're just holding still. So there's yes. all these like tableaus, which are really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I found it really interesting. Yeah, they but they also, it was... Everybody's st- holding still, but it's a it's an action shot. Right. So the you have somebody yeah. you have someone who looks like 
something is like flying through the air. Right. So good. Yeah. yeah so really, really clever. So I, I enjoyed it. Totally. Well, those sound like good. I mean, those are Johnny Potts approved first show and first movie 100 experiences. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to see uh, Over the Rhine this weekend. Mm. Uh, we're going to see that show. I have tickets to like four shows in spring. So hopefully all the stuff. Yeah, we got the uh, Omicron coming our way. Um, who knows what's going to happen, but I-, I would love to be able to actually go to all these shows. So Yeah, me too. I'm, I bought tickets to um, a Jeff Rosenstock and Catfight yeah. show next Hell year yeah. at, gonna be per- good. at First Avenue. Yeah. So that'll be my first ska show in when did i i saw i saw five iron in michigan with danny stairs right. boy that was a while ago <laughs> i can't remember if that was 2018 or 2019 uh, probably oh man it's been forever jesus christ dude i don't know oh, i have no idea um, what is time no matter uh so <laughs> moving moving on yeah um we got a shout out our boy jason mm. from yes. original vinyl just today as you're listening to this, uh, I don't know what the current status of the of yeah. Meant to check is. this. I'll check it out while you talk. I have, I have it. I have it up right now. Okay, great, great. So, uh, unoriginal vinyl, uh, Tooth and Nail Records just dropped two variants of Goaty Hook's Sumo Surprise. Hey. And so one of them is sold out, sold out very quickly. As of right now, there is a white variant still available. Oh, People snap it up. Yes. So there, yeah, there's only, um, 500 of those, of those made for the white one and the, uh, the gray with black smoke, there was only 50. So, all right. So that went, so basically of these, there was only of this pressing only 550. Yeah. And he was saying he wasn't sure if they were likely to, 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 to do, to do anymore. So, yeah, I mean, this, for, having talked to him about this as it was kind of happening and he was trying to get press, there was all kinds of drama with the pressing and the sound quality and, and, and I know that some people get frustrated when, when unoriginal vinyl pressings sell out so quickly, but I want everybody to keep in mind, he is doing this, for the fans because he the stuff that jason does the work that he does is so much fan service and he was making sure that they got it right and he didn't want to just put out an okay sounding record right and that's why like all the artwork had to be redone from scratch and having uh jamie write a little retrospective which you right. read on the pod a while ago but like this is he's doing this for fans so yep. yeah this wouldn't exist without him willing it into being and putting in the work to make it happen and this yeah. is like a side hustle yes and this is not his jason is this is like what he does as a bonus to his other already busy stressful job right yeah so uh we should be grateful Yes. Uh, Cheers yep. to Jason for making yes. this this record happen. And to Goaty Hook. And to our boys in uh, Goaty Hook. Full context, that's the reason they kept getting delayed is because we kept trying to do an episode around the release. 
yes. uh, the sumo surprise uh, repressing or pressing. And uh, he was like, ah, I think we're close, but it just kind of kept coming in not quite there and you know there was all the vinyl delay happening yeah anyway i'm very glad that it actually <laughs> has happened so that was the same the same thing we kept trying to do with craig's brother we're like right right yeah it's I coming don't th- soon <laughs> i don't think this record is happening this year so we're like eh, let's just do it yeah felt like uh, a very fun cap though to have this happen after uh after this year for us with the great goatee hook run and yes Hawk and joel and everything so um, yes yeah love that record Love that record. Love that Joel Bell. Yes, um, indeed. Good dude. Yes, if you're if you are vinyl inclined, go check that tooth and ale dot merch now, and mm-hmm. see if that pressing is still available. Do it. Um. So, what do you what do you say we get into some voicemails? We have some voicemails um, that are from. <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, it's you know back from when we were. I think uh, this is all pre-Thanksgiving, so sure. Um, I guess this would have been after the first element episode, maybe. Maybe yeah, post post first element episode. Uh, we got, and then we have a very special uh, submission. We'll just say so. We got some Danny stairs. Hello, my beautiful lads. This is your boy, Danny Stairs. Just got through this week's episode, kicking off Element 101. I got to say, I really enjoyed their song. Um, probably it was because there was such a heavy MXPX feel mm-hmm. uh, to a lot of them. And to those that didn't have it, it was uh, a heavy slick shoes type feel. So um, it was very comforting, uh, I guess, to me. Um I was aware of them back in the day um, from different comps. Um, specifically, I remember them on uh, some Happy Christmas, and I and I know I had heard a couple of their things of theirs. But at the time, I wasn't into female vocalists. Um, you know, there's just a misogyny, purity culture type thing. I think. Sure. Because um, there's, you know, I was just a young asshole. Um, thank you, evangelicalism, for making me such. a <laughs> Wonderful person. Um, <laughs> anyhow, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'll probably try to hunt this one down uh, for my own collection. Um, I wouldn't imagine it's too difficult to get your hands on an Element 101 CD. Um, just to have, because uh, I really enjoyed it and throw it in. Uh, it's kind of like a girl singing MXPX. So that'll be fun. Um, anyhow, looking forward to uh, next week. Magpods for life. Thanks, buddy. Um, I, I appreciate you, Danny. I was... Uh, being willing to point the finger at yourself and, sure. and your past your past positions and, and naming that. So uh understand that. Um yeah, I mean that that's certainly something we said about the first record was plenty of MXPXE slick shoesy hooks to be had. Uh yes. future plans undecided. Yes. I uh yeah I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious how how difficult it is to you know this 20 year old uh christian uh, this isn't this isn't like an mxpx record where there was like multiple pressings of a cd there's like there was like their demo not demo but their independent release and then the tooth the one tooth and nail one so uh, looks like uh six dollars uh multiple places fairly readily available perfect your, your ebays etc so perfect all right 
John live fact checking me. <laughs> That's right. No, uh, no vinyl pressings of any element records as far as I know. But, no, uh, don't think so. Never know. Uh, all right. We got Matt Jones. Hey guys, it is your boy, Matt Jones calling from Mount Vernon, Ohio, where people still proudly uh, display their flags thinking that Trump will take office as of 2020, even though it's (laughs) almost the end of 2021. Also, the proud place where if Kyle Rittenhouse was walking down the street, I think this town would probably throw a parade for him. Gross. But anyways, I digress. (sighs) I wanted to – you guys have mentioned Rackets and Drapes. I think that's the name correctly. They were like a Christian death metal. And uh, Uh, I mentioned in previous messages – that I worked at Family Christian stores, yes, and part of the Family Christian uh, folklore. I, I don't, I don't know if somebody told me this at the store or what, but um, right around the time of the Columbine shootings back in '99, there was a, a rumor going around that Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold had actually attended a Rackets and Drapes concert right before the Columbine shooting. And I don't know if there was any truth to that. I don't know if you guys had heard that at all. Um, but it certainly reminded me of that story. Anyways, I appreciate everything you guys do. I look forward to your podcast every week. Uh, you always bring back some really great memories. You've mentioned the, the cheapskates mm. compilation. I remember buying that and I remember loving it and I remember being introduced to so many great bands. So thank you for those memories. Mad pod for life. Keep doing what you're doing. Bye-bye. Thanks, Matt. Matt Jones. What a sweetheart. Good dude. Uh, um yeah yes what you say is correct uh we heavily get into that uh with aforementioned shadow producer jason in our patreon episode uh on them as well as save your machine i don't know we might have to unlock that episode at some point because i feel like it's uh, there's such good content in there the people may need to know about some of that i don't know yeah we might need to yeah that might need to come out of the vault at some point you know the right. the patreon punks got that as a as sort of a little bonus episode i'm wondering yeah but it, it's so it's so densely packed with jason's memories and experiences and those bands are so wild and yeah. save your machine especially i think we talked about a little bit on the pod how <laughs> very very unique yes uh, as as a band they are but yeah uh very marilyn manson adjacent not so much death metal but marilyn manson industrial rackets and of, drapes you mean rackets yeah. and drapes yes sorry that's right but uh not my cup of tea <laughs> no no um and yeah i mean uh jason uh pretty much confirmed and went into great detail about how that anecdote about the uh eric harris and dylan Klebold being at their show and the many like kind of complications surrounding that uh yes. fascinating conversation and and uh a fair amount of bummers in there but also <laughs> some some really interesting stuff uh, yeah so. yeah we'll have to we'll have to put that one out uh at some point um maybe not uh in the christmas season no <laughs> no it's too to don't want to bum people out right before right before the holidays uh we got one more voicemail and it's from Danny Stairs talking about our interview with Otto from Blaster. Hey, what's up, you beautiful dudes? It's your boy, Danny Stairs. Um, just got through this interview. Uh, it was fun. 
and really interesting. Um, if I said anything bad about the lyrical content of Blaster, um, I take it back now because clearly he's grown up and he's he's definitely changed any views. I can't remember if that was one that I I uh, put on blast at all. But um, yes, it was um, <laughs> specifically <he's> person. <laughs> Pretty sure you said fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> or those guys at least yeah, yeah yeah it was it was something to that effect when we were talking yeah. about the 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 werewolf um right uh, i like lycanthropy and uh, but anyway <laughs> uh, i'm not huge on monsters um uh, but i love how much he loves it and i love to hear what people love to explore so that was fun it's always fun hearing people talk about their passions so yes uh thanks for bringing this um content to us uh giving us the bigger picture on on somebody, especially the uh, bringing them current and making them more of a complete human rather than mm. just the static image we saw of them from mm. 20 years ago or whatever. So, anyhow, keep up the great work, Mac Pub for Life. Thanks, man. That is a, uh, a tension that we talk about <laughs> regularly yeah. on the show. Yeah. And yep. it always warms the cockles of my heart to uh, have as Danny talked about, like the, this full image of a person in that yeah. static that you get a little bit more, you know, Otto is more than lyrics he wrote when he was in his early twenties. Yeah. And uh, all people are more complicated than the, the handful of anecdotes we have about them. Right. So, uh, Absolutely. I'm glad that we had that opportunity to talk with him. Definitely. I loved that interview and I think we've gotten some really good feedback about it. Uh, he was such a fun guy to talk to. And yeah. he was like, you know, I realized after the fact we didn't talk about this and we didn't talk about this. And I'm like, right. I knew that too. We didn't want to keep him all day, but he felt like the type of dude that would have, that would have maybe pulled a Reese and hung out with us all night or come on again. So perhaps we'll have more auto yeah. content in the future, but uh, a really good conversation. Yeah. The main issue was him being six hours ahead of us yes, in, in yeah. Scotland. And we were, talking to him i think by the time we were done talking with him maybe it was like maybe close to nine o'clock his time so like i just yeah. didn't, i didn't want to like no keep him, keep him forever so right yeah um, usually we're recording at night too so we're like ah whatever go go to midnight or past who cares but it was like during you know work hours <laughs> just yeah. kind of a weird time anyway good conversation well yeah. articulated danny agreed um and john speaking of werewolves oh shit um our boy the kids brandon mm. kisner he, he saw that kids signal in the sky <laughs> the kids the kids yeah the kids uh signal went up and uh he previously wrote us a bald aggression parentheses the power bears hell yeah which that song a, of the year was a straight banger so good song slapped so hard yeah and he sent this to us like two weeks ago at least if not more yeah. and we haven't played it because uh we haven't been you know <laughs> we haven't been on uh you know haven't recorded and right we pushed back recording this episode because i got my booster and then like the next day i was like so exhausted yeah and so i'm like i'm like i can't do 
an episode <laughs> where I'm like low energy and just <laughs> yeah. like just like that's nobody nobody wants to listen to that. Uh, that'd be like so, episode one, Magpie. I oh my god, for real. Like the first like 20 episodes that we did. <laughs> um anyway, so the kids who he he did a make werewolves great again song sure did. neither he, of he, us neither of us like bald aggression neither yeah. of us have listened to this yet no we're going in we're going in cold this is fresh for us uh he saw harry lupin's lyrics which we read on the show of course yes uh so this is a you know we'll, we'll talk uh mccartney slash lennon collabs later this is a, a <laughs> kisner slash lupin uh collab here that's true all right are you ready for this I think so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creeping up behind you. Hell yeah. Glimmer in his eye. <laughs> Senses heavy breathing. You sure you're gonna die? die. <laughs> you turn around and face him. His hairy head to toe. He let by the house. That's a killer guitar solo. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll make a werewolf great again. Whoa. Music and party. We'll make a werewolf great again. Whoa. Let the good times never end. Your heart is beating fast. so much two for two it's a kid absolutely it's coming through undeniably catchy as hell our our man just has he's got an ear for just like the hookiest catchiest songs uh hell yeah well done my friend well done so good uh harry lupin i assume are we're in even worse legal standing now (laughs) that uh you know the werewolf reclamation project uh 
song has been released, but you know, we don't have that original, that original song. So I, I'm really happy with this, this outcome. Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. We I, still don't know who Harry Lupin is, but uh, we, we sure I, I can only assume that uh, their real identity is, is, is incredibly pleased with this turn of events. <laughs> so thank you, Brandon. Oh. Um, we'll post this so, so folks can hear it uh, in the wider world as well. But uh, fucking unbelievable. So good. I'm, I'm so, so happy about that. So impressed with him. He's also like, I threw a bridge in this time because I missed that last time. I don't know, John. I wanted to put one in there for John. I was like, hell yeah. That bridge did not disappoint. That Whoa! was uh, a ruled. Oh, Killing man. it. Killing so it. So good. Um, making werewolves great again. Uh, you know, when we start, uh, I keep forgetting the name of <laughs> the Unbelieving Vegans. Unbelieving Vegans. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll incorporate the Werewolf Reclamation Project into our yes. work. Um, so just again, going back a little bit to since we're on the topic of things, all things spooky, talking Halloween, talking mm-hmm. uh, blaster, talking uh, all sorts of spooky things, we got to talk candy. Oh, yeah. Um, and we got to talk about um, Sour Patch Kids because yes. there's something somewhat of a something of a uh, controversy. Controversy, yes. Uh, Jen Mandigo, mm-hmm. Dr. Chad, yes, uh, has in the past made the, the claim that the Super Sour Scandinavian Swimmers by Trader Joe's are the superior candy mm-hmm. over the OG Sour Patch Kids. Right. And we both took umbrage with this. Yes. In our in our experience, we've we're like, oh, undoubtedly the Scandinavian swimmers are good. We're, no one is denying that. Sure. But better? Mm. And so A spurious claim. Very spurious. So I went to Trader Joe's not that long ago. And I saw, oh, there, there they are, the super sour Scandinavian swimmers. They had a bag, and of course, I needed, you know, that's get right. My get my get my chewy boys. Yeah, gotta get you little your little boys. Gotta get my chewy boys. Um, just just on feel alone, uh, you can already tell that the Sour Patch Kids are firmer. Well, so we had this talk, right? That, yes. that after more after more discussion, she drilled down on the fact that she liked that the Scandinavian swimmers were softer. Yes. And we were both saying we're not sure if that's what we want out of a little sour boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. I don't think it is what I want because no. I like a firm boy. <laughs> I like a firm boy. I like him. I like a boy. I like a, a firm boy in my mouth. Um, <laughs> we're canceled. So, uh, canceled. So. Also, what there was something was there something you said that like there's some was it uh you're like you wanted something to be a little more stale yeah. like leave well I already like good and plenties which you think are already trash but trash. on top of it I like stale trash I like stale <laughs> good and plenties that are a little bit harder than than yeah. normal yeah, yeah I like but, a firm candy yeah so these are are I mean these are uh, good through July of next year so these are very much. In date, yep. not a, uh, yeah. These these Scandinavian swimmers are through October of next year. So there you go. Get through Halloween. Yeah. Um, I'm going to crack open. Uh, the Scandinavian swimmers. Oh. I was going to bring down. Hmm. 
some super sour Scandinavian swimmers too, but I think I ate them last time we talked and you didn't have them yet or something. And then I don't have any Sour Patch Kids to, to, to compare them to anyway. So I don't know that my participation here will be hmm. worth noting. Andrew's doing some, some sniffs. Yes. Yeah, so the Scandinavian swimmers, um, they come in a, uh, this is the 14 ounce, their, their standard Big bag boy. is 14 ounces. Yeah. And this one I have of the Sour Patch Kids is eight. Um, but the Scandinavian swimmers are much bigger. Yes. They are a much, uh, uh, you know, different, different shapes. Yes. Obviously there's like a seashell shape. There's like a starfish and mm-hmm. well, he's got the regular boys. Yep. So I'm going to, I need to start with my, <laughs> the, the Sour Patch Kids just to kind of, you mm-hmm. know, like this is warm up your palate. Mm-hmm. With, the, with what it's familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I also don't, I don't know if I need a big old honking sour gummy. I kind of like the size of the Sour Patch Kids. I feel like it's just the right amount. I don't want to take two bites of a of a green fish. No, and you get a handful of boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like to just get a handful, mm. rotate them, put them all so, together. It's so good, man. So good. Mm. Shout out to our, our runner-up in our bracket, Sour Patch Kids. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Modulis Industry or International. Now that you've refamiliarized your palate, going in, what's that a, a red? Chew into the mic if you would, please. Hmm. Hmm. Would um, you go with here? Which flavor did you hit first? The starfish. Yeah. Um, the sea, like the seashell, which is orange, red. Not sure what the. <laughs> like some sort of a shark maybe yeah no um, I, I i i stick with my claim that i like the green ones the best all right here's what i'm gonna say hit me while they are both sour kind of gummy candies mm-hmm. almost they're so different yeah i wouldn't even almost i wouldn't even really put them i mean they're sour gummy and they're both like sour gummies but the scandinavian swimmers almost have a they have such a softer chew to them. I don't know. I don't. I think of them like a, like almost like a not a gumdrop. What am I thinking of? Like what? Well, the Scandinavian swimmers are the non-sour ones are like Trader Joe's take on Swedish fish, right? Um, which that is, I mean, they're kind of the consistency of Swedish fish, right? They're softer than Swedish fish. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I like it. But uh, it's just not uh, it's not up to Sour Patch level for me. No, no. I, I kind of think of like it'd be like if someone did made Skittles mm. and they made like a large Skittle. <laughs> right. Like, I don't need a large Skittle. No, I, didn't, I, don't, I don't need that. I like I like being able to take a handful a bunch of in your mouth. A handful of, of, of Sour Patch Kids and throw them at the same time. Multiple yeah. flavors. Kind of hard to do that with Scandinavian swimmers. Yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work as well. Sour Patch Kids are the winners for me still. Yeah, to each their own. But uh, for us, we are we're sour boys. Am I going to eat this entire bag of Scandinavian <laughs> swimmers? One hundred percent. That's another thing for me actually with them is that I enjoy all flavors of Sour Patch Kids, even if I have favorites. But there are some flavors of the Scandinavian swimmers that I don't. I'm not super into. Um, so anyway. I don't know if that's really settled anything, but <laughs> it was it was scintillating content regardless. Yeah. 
that was a, an, a perhaps a hot take, but uh, we got some other takes, Andrew. Oh, oh, you, we do. Are you? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we talk in the takes. I think we are. The takes with John Potter. Gather round, take take heads. Um, <laughs> There was there's something in particular that I know you want to get to this week. Yes. Um, so this will kind of be we'll have a shared take, uh, yes. or at least a shared subject matter uh, over which we can offer some takes. But briefly, before I get into that, uh, I'm just going to mention uh, a few albums that I don't think I've gotten a chance to. You know, we've had this backlog sure. of uh, of records that have come out since we've been doing Magnified Pod and Starting Element and doing our auto conversation. So just kind of got a list going here and i think i've mentioned all these to you off mic or most of them at least but i just want to shout some out i think i think some of these at least for sure will end up on my top 10 of the year list but uh Ooh. turnstile is turnstile a band that you've been familiar with um we i've been hearing a lot of buzz about yeah. them yeah i this is your take i'm not gonna i don't want to like get into your take but it it didn't move me. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I very excitedly in our group texts with you and shadow producer Jason was like, turnstile guys, right? And Jason was kind of like, meh, Summit Furnace Fest, and that was fun, but uh, album not so much. And you didn't respond <laughs> until you responded just now with saying it sucks. Um, that is not, that I know. Is... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for those of us with good taste, we really like this album. <laughs> just kidding um this album glow on uh which came out a couple months ago they're a post-hardcore i would say band uh from baltimore i've been aware of them but never really dove into them until this record because like you're saying i've heard so many people talking about it and i'm i'm really into it i like the sound a lot and i kind of agree that on the first listen i sort of found a couple songs that i was into and i was like well overall i don't know if it's um as as much as uh buzzworthy as as i'm hearing but then i really just have stuck with the record over the last couple months. And now I'm, I'm very on board with the vibe. I don't know. It's kind of that, like, um, you know, at the drive-in style vocal going on uh, with like hardcore elements. And they're sort of doing some, you know, more sort of chilled out sure. psyche things sometimes, but sometimes they're going hard. Uh, and I really like that mix. So anyway, uh, Glow On, uh, Turnstile album, Into It. Uh, Low, one of my favorite bands ever uh, from Duluth. Their new album, Hey What? I can't remember if I've talked about this on the pod or not. Not this album. It's a, okay, it's a wild sounding record. Like I my couldn't favorite get that through they've... the first song. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 out there, man. Um, yeah, it is. And they've always kind of pushed uh, the envelope in different ways sonically. They're not a band that is for everyone. Um, Sounds like a band that Pitchfork would love. This, which is like right up my alley, and for you, you're like this fucking. <laughs> hey, is this is this a an album that is like really hard to listen to? Ten, ten out of ten. Is it an album that uh, rules and is one of the best of the year? Yes, ten, <laughs> ten out of ten. Um, but it's weird. So yeah, they started out as you know this like this label slow core, very slow, very kind of quiet. These beautiful harmonies between this uh, husband and wife uh, duo, Mimi Parker and Ellen Sparhawk. Um, but over the years they've gotten just increasingly aggressive and not necessarily in terms of like fast, but just like really pushing weird sort of sonic landscapes. And this is a very noisy record. Um, and I love the vibe that they're on here, but you know, 
as Andrew's saying, may not be for everybody. Um, yep. But but I think really cool stuff going on there. Uh, Sleigh Bells record, Texas. Have we talked about this at all? No, I don't think so. I was a huge fan of the first Sleigh Bells record. And then every subsequent album, like three more or something, I just haven't really, I felt like they weren't up to the level of the first record that I liked a lot, just kind of more of doing the same. But this new album, Texas, is really, really hitting me uh, in a way that is comparable to the first album for me. I feel like there's a variety of styles. It's doing the stuff that I liked on the first album. Uh, I'm going to see them in spring because I love this record so much. Anyway, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about it if you get to uh, take a listen. Anyway, Texas sure. record. Uh, last one, uh, Mach Thaverskin. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. They are a Swedish post-punk band uh, okay. who I can't remember if I've ever mentioned them on the pod, but their second record, which is just called Mach Thaverskin 2, uh, is definitely the one that I know best and like the most, but they have a really cool sound, kind of post-punk, as I said, female vocals, sort of doing a new wavy, jangly thing, but certainly punk elements. Uh, it's sort of like pretty, but also um, kind of like... Uh, sharp and echoey and uh anyway this new record very into it uh along those lines as well it's called uh i believe you know tell me my swedish is is bad but fear alting which i think uh for for everything fear alting mm-hmm. um anyway makthaverskan check them out uh if that sounds interesting so anyway wanted to shout out those handful of albums Yes. That was my first take before getting into the second, which is we want to do some talking about Get Back, the new Beatles documentary series. Yes. Um, so do you have some, some takes? Um, well, do so. We'll, should I throw we, down some takes first? How well, should we do you this? throw down some takes and then we'll okay. get in. We'll do a shared take here. Okay. okay. Because Sounds then good. I have I have a, another full on. Yes. Take. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Um, I love it. I love it deeply. Um, How far are you into it? I've still only seen the first part, but Me in my too. defense, it's like three hours or something. <laughs> These yeah. are long. It's like nine hours of documentary. Yeah. Which I can understand some people being like, maybe that's too much, but I just find it so fascinating. Not for the heads out there. Right. And I guess that's, you know, that's part of what we'll talk about in a bit here is like, is there a little too much Beatles worship for certain segments of sort of music appreciators yes and as part of people's uh maybe frustration with that worship uh the kind of thing where it's like okay like I know the type of person generally who's like a huge Beatles head Mm. and for them to be like this is important and every second we get with them (laughs) is precious I can get what you'd be like I don't need nine hours of the fucking Beatles (laughs) but I do need nine hours of the Beatles and they are it just captures them at such an interesting point they are all such distinct personality types yes and it truly is like i mean obviously there have been movies and books and and previous documentaries and things over the years but we've never really gotten to spend this kind of time completely unfiltered with these guys you know you've kind of imagined what are some of the conversations that these guys were having at this point in their career when they'd done so many different kinds of music and albums what was their songwriting process you hear all these legends and things about what broke the band up uh yoko ono is present for all these sessions uh she's someone we've raised on the pod this year is kind of saying 
perhaps some of that narrative around her is bullshit. Perhaps John Lennon, huge asshole. Uh, perhaps other members of the band also huge assholes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just think it paints a more complex portrait of uh, the making of Let It Be than perhaps um, people usually think of it being. And, and all this footage came from this planned documentary series from the time, which was like 1968, um, which didn't get released, but then they did make a documentary about Let It Be using this footage, you know, whatever, 50 years ago, 40 years ago. Um, and that made it seem super tense and like a terrible experience. And of course they broke up and this makes it a little more complex. They're clearly people who like love each other and care for each other as people and as artists and clearly collaborate so well together. I mean, especially just seeing John and Paul go back and forth. You're just like, oh, these are two like geniuses who happen to find each other and just click and can kind of yeah. like, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, freestyle this iconic uh, rock song real quick. Um, so to see them kind of click into place and come up with stuff on the spot is just like thrilling, I think, for people who enjoy their music and to see all their back and forth. Like, um, you know, I've always been, I think we've even talked about this on the pod that like growing up, I was like, I'm John, man. He's the one who's like, He's for peace. He's doing the, the weirdest shit. Right. Um, he's the real artist in the group. And then as I got older, I was kind of like, ah, he kind of sucks. Like, I <laughs> yeah. still probably my favorite Beatles songs are John's. But like, as I get older, I'm just like, no, I'm more of a Paul appreciator. You know, he wrote the most sort of iconic. He's maybe the most direct sort of pop genius. Um, he was steering the ship. But then <laughs> as I've gotten even older, I was like, well, George, he was the real artist, right? He was underappreciated. Yeah. His solo albums are amazing. He had this like deep spiritual level that maybe the other guys weren't operating on. Amazing guitar player. Um, but even in this, he's like, <laughs> you know, it, although I understand him more than the other two, where it's like a lot of ego, um, he, he's kind of an asshole too. <laughs> and maybe, and maybe understandably, like being frustrated with like, he's trying to get some songs on the record. He's got these two guys who have very strong opinions about things. Um, and then I finally landed on this documentary series with like, no, I'm Ringo, which is like <laughs> the most boring answer. <laughs> Nobody wants to be Ringo. His songs are the worst Beatles songs, but he's like, I, he's got to be a nine, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Just that, rolling like, with everybody. He rolls with everybody. He does. He just doesn't rock the boat. He doesn't. Right. He doesn't speak up. He doesn't like get involved in any of the, of the tense stuff. He's right. he's more. Like he's behind a drum set, just like letting every he's like, it's almost just like, like I'll drum when you need me to drum, but I'm not right. otherwise, I'm just, I'm just back here. <laughs> right. And, a, and an extremely talented drummer, and maybe like unfairly pegged as like the least, you know, musically uh, genius yeah, of the group. But I think that's a fair assessment. And he probably knows that too. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where you just kind of accept, like, okay, I guess I'm Ringo. But even that, like, I mean, a fascinating guy and i think probably that is what i would do in the situation is sort of like maintain relationships with all of them if i could and sort of not blow things up and you know even paul uh, who people traditionally think of as sort of being like the the steady hand is like he's kind of the one who's causing all the drama <laughs> um, you know there's yeah anyway. that, that was something that was interesting is watching like you know a lot of people talk about like the tension between like historically we talk about the tension between Paul and John. Right. Uh, but like, I saw so much tension between Paul and George in this. Yes. And like so much like sniping, 
yes little like comments and you know while george while, while, while paul was like uh you know kind of standoffish and kind of a prick george was like uh very much poking the bear yes you know you know like he was like saying things and he was being passive aggressive like yes. so much so passive aggressive yeah and... he's like i'll play it like that if you want me to i won't play at all whatever you want <laughs> just like yeah. well that's obviously not what you want or them being talking like talking about what they'll do with this tv special for like hours and then just being like i don't think we should do it i think that's a bad idea <laughs> yeah so anyway clearly in a frustrated place yeah there's there's a lot uh, yeah lots of um and then like one of the the guy who was one of the producers of this like kept pitching all of these right. awful ideas <laughs> yeah, right i think we should go to uh where did libya or somewhere yeah, yeah like, just like playing like uh, this the coliseum like, uh, or something like yeah. this like yeah right next to the water and like right. oh, this is all and like <laughs> nobody wanted to do it like no. they just like kept pitching it He'd essentially be like well, what if like we went back to that idea that someone had about like <laughs> yeah and they're like, for no... like, let's just like bring everything over on a boat. <laughs> it's like, this, <laughs> so is a, this is a terrible yeah. idea. Apart from like all of the musical um, aspects of the series that there are to appreciate, you know, about how just how songs come together in general, how like the, you know, most celebrated maybe band of all time was putting together their songs. There's just a completely separate from that, the whole idea of like relationship dynamics or like, yeah meeting how things go in meetings and how people relate to each other because i kept what i kept thinking about during it is the year that i lived uh, in community <laughs> when i was at sojourners as an intern right, right. like all living in a big house together well not a big house but a house together and uh, too many of us in a house and yeah having group meetings to decide you know grocery budget and stuff that week and like anybody who's in a band knows that a little bit but this felt yes. so much more to me like a intentional living <laughs> tense difficult conversation uh, a lot of this stuff so anyway also just, keep, yeah. also keeping in mind that these these guys were all like in their late 20s you know these so wild yeah. so they were still so young with yeah. all the money in the world and right. such egos and like yes. such and such genius at the same time you know with such strong personalities all all of this clashing together yeah. so yeah and th then you add upon add up add to that the fact that they were trying to make an album from scratch in like <laughs> two, two weeks. weeks doesn't make sense and they and, did it <laughs> and they did it and they created like and they just like oh let me just like write the riff for get back here really quickly while yeah. we're waiting for john to get here <laughs> yeah like, it's wild man it is wild that they just pull it's like that paul just like pulled that out of nowhere yeah but, okay so to the larger point of all of this the sort of like the fetishization of the Beatles mm -hmm. and yeah. of this era and the sort of what I hear so much in from the kind of the boomer era or the Gen X era mm -hmm. of like a generations, the Gen X generation that this era of music was sort of like when music was its best mm -hmm. and the Beatles have touched all music that came after them because everybody was influenced by the Beatles and, and they're the best band. And, and then you look at a boomer rag, like Rolling Stone that puts out their like 500 greatest albums. And it's always just like, 
Abbey yeah. Road and like the same the same stuff all yeah. the time. And and it, you know, I remember um there was did you ever see that that Jeff Buckley live performance that he did in Chicago um in the 90s? I remember like seeing this around, but I don't think I ever actually watched oh, it. Dude, you have to watch yeah, it. I should watch it. it. It is unbelievable. His he's just Jeff Buckley was just such uh, a and just like another vocal yeah. and musical yeah. genius that was gone too too soon. Yeah, and definitely. I remember there was a uh, watching this. I don't know, maybe 15, 16 years, It's been a long time, many years ago, and he was talking shit about essentially that that era of music and i can't remember if he like name checked the beatles specifically or just essentially saying like you know fuck that era of music good music is being made right now right and he like made the point of saying like like art and music is happening right now too and we can't just like only look back to that music as if like it's untouchable or these people are gods or they're geniuses and and whatever. And that's the only thing that matters because like we, people get so hyper fixated on the era that they, that they came of age in and Mm -hmm. they just, just get stuck there. And I have really, and it's so easy to do that. And like, I have to, I've actively fought this uh, podcast. (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. But like we, we've like, but we, also we talk about yeah yeah so much new music that we're listening to which is why every year we're like the our favorite albums of the year because we're still like it's easy to fall into that trap of whatever era of music that you loved as a 12 year old but yeah there's there is so much challenging and fun and interesting and exciting music being made now yeah and i don't know i just i it's why I get really upset about people that are that shit on Greta Van Fleet because they have this, people are like, Oh, Led Zeppelin, you know, they're mm-hmm. uh, no one could ever criticize them or anybody who ever does that style of music is clearly like, you know, I don't know. It just feels like it's a, it's an era that people have encased and enshrined and, it's untouchable and perfect and nothing can ever top it. And I, I just reject that while at the same time, I can still admire the artistry of these very complicated people. Yeah. We were talking about this uh, off pot a little bit, but like I'm, I'm continually having to sort of um, remind myself of the idea of like who who determines what the best quote unquote art is you know right um there's always been a sort of gatekeepy element as we've talked about where like <clears throat> the, you know this this these canonical works of of music and art and film and whatever usually the people who've come up with those lists are are the rolling stone equivalent of whatever <laughs> field it is where it's like middle-aged white dudes who decided this at a certain point and kind of never going off from that. Um, and yeah, I have to continually kind of check myself to be like, well, that's not canonically the best, whatever. And it's like, well, maybe that can be a little looser and maybe people who don't share that background don't have that experience and that's okay. So I think I was kind of 
you know, diversifying who is making those lists, taste making lists, and and uh, those experiences is always a good thing. But as I said, like I do think the Beatles are worthy of those sort of best, uh, you know, awards or whatever you want to call them that they're always receiving because. And and get back is such an example of that. And we're like, these guys are geniuses. And the music they made is incredible, and their work is still so innovative. And they made all these albums over ten years. Yeah, well, as you said, none of them are even thirty yet. They've done just like so many different kinds of genres. Um, yeah, in those spaces and moved back and forth with each with each record. And uh, we were talking a little bit about this on the Discord. That um, for me, Revolver is is my favorite album of theirs and a few other people were saying the same thing and i think it's because like some of those songs if you put them out today would still sound like fresh and and new and interesting um yes so anyway just like i i completely agree with you while also being like but the beatles are probably the best band of all time which i know makes people (laughs) upset sometimes um like we also need to recognize the influence that absolutely people that people of color had yeah on uh, like a lot of blues and jazz artists you know right. like chuck berry and, and little yes. richard and and sister rosetta tharp you know these people mm-hmm. that like are in a lot of ways like created and invented rock and roll yes and and a lot of white artists borrowed <laughs> from that yeah. and like very much people you know members of the Beatles and Led Zeppelin and and you know even George Harrison got sued for ripping off black artists for for his all things must pass record in totally and and like so like lots of people have influences like that's totally fair but like uh again like that would be like every generation criticizes the music that comes that comes after their generation. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to look too far from punk fans being like, Oh, the, the pop punk now is, you know, it's not, you know, it's not as good as what was coming out in the nineties or whatever. Right. And it's like, well, you know, maybe this, this isn't music for us. Like that, does, right. but that doesn't yeah, right. necessarily mean that like have it, have it, it has any less value or it's less artistically valid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I, I, I bump up against some of the, the hero worship of, of yeah. Beatles, I think just because it's, I have a hard time these days after doing the, the pod for as long as we have that uh, putting anybody or anything on a pedestal leads, leads to all kinds of problematic things. Yeah. And, and uh, all four of these guys were cheating on their wives and (laughs) assholes to each other. And um, yeah, but that's, it's a great point that like, let it be in particular, maybe because they didn't have a lot of time and we're kind of going back to square one of playing in a room together. We're defaulting back to a lot of the kind of stuff that they were into when they were growing up, which was Chuck Berry and that kind of stuff. And perhaps the Beatles achieved a level of notoriety that the black artists who they bit from in the first place didn't until much later. Um, yeah. You saw them like just like riffing and just jamming and playing yeah. with the artists like Chuck Berry while right. they were just fucking around. And yeah. Uh, so clearly they were aware of all yeah. of that. Well, and yeah, Billy Preston who comes in to play piano and keys with them for these sessions came from that world and really 
sort of molded some of what let it be came to be and and uh yeah that definitely he lent them uh some strong backing as somebody from that world who could help shape the music so yeah anyway an important point uh that you're saying and i think we hit on a lot of, a lot of the stuff that we want to talk about with it but one more thing is that i saw a lot of the stuff online about okay so we've got this documentary series what album would you like to see a multi-part documentary series made about um and we had kind of talked about like I've seen a lot of people suggest Kid A, the Radiohead album, which I think would be really interesting. It's them at a very uh, interesting point in their career. Uh, I said that Thriller is probably my favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be fascinated to see that come together. And Quincy Jones is such a fascinating producer. I'd love to see that stuff happen. But at the same time, like, do we want to spend nine hours with Michael Jackson? (laughs) I'm not sure that that's what we're craving right now. So yeah, I don't know. Did you have any thoughts on what what you'd want to see? Um. I would love to see 69 love songs by the magnetic fields. Ooh, that's a great answer. I mean, can you think like how many of those songs, like I'm, I'm curious how many of those songs, uh, Stephen Merritt, like maybe wrote like in the, the moment spot. Yeah, on totally. the spot, uh, or just jamming out in, in the space that they were playing. And I, I, I would love to see, I mean, there is, I feel like there is some footage yeah. of that, but it's, but like that kind of in-depth. Yes. I would love to see the dynamics of Stephen Merritt with totally. with the rest of the band uh, and just see more of how his mind and writing process is. Absolutely. That's a great answer. And yeah, I think we've even talked about this on, on the pod before that like, okay, it's an incredibly ambitious three volume set of 69 songs and somehow they're all like incredible. <laughs> like the vast majority of those songs are really, really good. So it's like, yes. how do you how do you do that? Um, so anyway, good answer. Good takes. You've got one more. Yeah. There's one thing I just coming up. Yeah. There's one, one final thing I want to say to kind of cap off. this. You have some takes. (laughs) I do have some takes. The takes with Andrew Phelan. All right. So just kind of going from talking about the Beatles a little bit. I want to talk about the 2022 Grammy awards. Oh boy. Grammys. Ugh. Not a good outfit. <laughs> no, it is not because again, talking about rock. Um, this year is very weird. I don't, it just seems so arbitrary that what, what categories have like, 10 entrances uh-huh. into the categories and what have like five or whatever. It just seems incredibly arbitrary who like how many are in which category. Mm-hmm. But when you look at um, like the best uh, rock album mm-hmm. category, uh, you're like, um, again, another example of how out of touch <laughs> yes. um, the 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 Grammys are, and again, like sort of Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. uh, best rock performance, <laughs> ACDC. Yeah, what are they doing there? I didn't even know they put out an album. Yeah, they did. Yeah, um, cool. Uh, Black Pumas. Which, Never heard of him. Chris Cornell. Okay, um, fair. 
I mean, sure. I guess he had an album that uh, eventually that did come out this year. Yeah, posthumous um, recordings. Posthumous release. He, you know, he died four, four or five years ago. I think 2017. Um, Deftones. Yeah. And Foo Fighters. Um, yeah. All a Fine. lot of these legacy artists. Yeah. And to say the best rock performances of yeah. 2021 one of them includes acdc yeah that sucks <laughs> come on you know and like metal performances again another like dream theater deftones hey. again like i look look i love some dream theater but to say that there were really no like let's let's kind of move out of bands that are like 30 years old or 40 yeah. years old because dream theater is old uh you know deftones also been around for decades there are bands that have been putting out records uh that yeah. are more recent like this is the best that they can do and right. it just the academy like i don't know who i don't know who the grammys are for because it's not it's not for music fans it's not uh, even it's- like for Rolling Stone folks, right? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not even fair. I don't know. Yeah. Like, so when you look at, you look at some of the alternative stuff and like some of the, the best um, kind of the best new artists and stuff like that. um, Like, I think one could argue that Olivia Rodrigo could Mm -hmm. maybe be like, have like a best rock performance, like, a lot of those songs on on sour yeah. are very guitar, guitar driven. Certainly. Um, you know, like I I love that alternative. You got you got some Halsey, you got some Japanese breakfast, mm-hmm. uh Saint Vincent, you know, so you're having some some female artists taking up the alternative. Mm-hmm. I still think Olivia Rodrigo could also fall into uh alternative. And again, this gets to like how what are these like also Bo Burnham didn't qualify for best comedy record. Like, I don't, mm. I don't understand. Yeah. It's weird. Who, who these are for, what makes the categories like, yes, you know, um, it's all, it's all very weird. And also like, um, uh, 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 Marilyn Manson is also like, it was nominated because he was like on like a, a Kanye song. Oh yeah, I saw some headlines that were like, "We're not taking people's personal lives into account," or whatever. Right? Yeah, that was like the 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 president of the of this uh, the association or whatever. I'm just like, cool, cool, cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Still read the room, maybe. I don't know if we need a Marilyn Manson award ceremony right now. Yeah, I don't know if we need to be giving or like even Louis C.K. Like, I don't know. Like, we need to be like, I don't know. It's all. It's all like. Yes. I I still. I'm still not over. uh, uh, Kendrick losing um to um what's his name (laughs) we can't even remember his name (laughs) yeah i'm gonna pop some tags yeah why am i why am i blanking on macklemore yeah what yeah i'm still not over kendrick losing to macklemore for for good kid mad city and surprising we can't remember macklemore's name but we remember kendrick's very easily um but yeah what has macklemore done since then nothing nothing he's he's like disappeared Um, it sucks he steals that award and then disappears (laughs) Yeah, it's a uh, you know, Adele, which you know, hey, no, no shots at Adele whatsoever, but like her losing to uh, uh, Beyonce and her 
accepting the word mean like this this is wrong <laughs> like Beyonce should have gotten this um yeah I, I mean awards ceremonies and organizations are garbage uh Grammys maybe most egregiously so um yeah. but uh, yeah worth mentioning <laughs> yes <laughs> those are those were a lot of takes we got a lot of well, takes well I've got a lot of takes but John I have one more take uh-huh. and I need to play you something Ooh. but I you can't I need you to not look at the screen while okay. I I'm, I'm googling all right can I look what do you think about yes when you think about us I know exactly where this you is know, headed <laughs> I know the name of this movie just <laughs> god damn it <laughs> sorry <laughs> and always to be fair up until the title looks pretty good it's Tommy Hamilton it's been a minute huh I hear you do the time traveling thing. You've never been jaunty. It's amazing. The past doesn't just belong to history books anymore. Now we can live it, touch it, change it. You're like cavemen, you and him fighting over Janine. Yeah, well, she's my wife. She was his wife first. He wants you back. He's going through time to make us never happen. No one can make us not happen. Janine? Janine! I'm sorry, there's no one listed by that name. Janine! I'm sorry, Wherever you there's are, no one listed by that name. Whatever you are, I will find you. From the Academy Award for Time to change our timeline. 12 years of so we never met. Maybe I go back in time. What if you go back, but you end up with a different future? Janine? Very prestigious looking. You're right. I'm starting to forget my wife. I'm starting to lose her. Nobody belongs to anyone. Something's different and I can feel it. Leslie Odom Jr., Frida Pinto, Theoribo, Orlando Bloom. Good cast. Hit me. You and I would just live forever. What's that title? Needle in a Time Stack. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> so, Needle in a Time Stack. Mm-hmm. Good the, title. Uh, a... Uh, a uh, maybe the greatest title <laughs> uh, written and directed, uh, adapted by John Ridley mm-hmm. with a cast of just amazing actors with what could be the biggest disaster of a title. Of, Not great. No, the first time I saw this, I'm like, this has to be a joke, right? This is a joke movie. Needle in a time stack? You don't know about time stacks? Dude, how... They're like, in the movie, they're talking about time crimes. Like, John... (laughs) Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I don't know how anybody signed on for this. They must have signed on to this. I bet it was a different title. Untitled John Ridley Project. Although it looks uh, like the short story it's based on was called Needle in a Time it Stack. It was. So it was called Needle in a Time Stack. Yeah. But I don't know how this passed anybody. Like, no, it's so look, I, <laughs> I, I watched it. 
Um, you watched the movie? I watched the movie. It's already out? It's out. You can wow. re- you can watch it on Amazon right now. Okay. What's it, the what's the verdict? John Ridley owes me an apology. <laughs> Is the movie itself bad? Yes. Oh, it, bummer. It it's it it doesn't from the jump I'm like trying to make sense of the logic of the movie. Hmm. Um and I think one of the main problems is that this was um I think it was done a disservice probably because there was so much time left spent in the editing room over probably over the course of the pandemic. Yeah, and would you prob- say they were in a time stack? <laughs> they the were editor? they were in a time stack. They went back if if John Ridley could go back in time uh, and convince himself to not make this movie. I think, I mean, it's embarrassing that everybody attached to this. Uh, so it's the internal logic of the movie is just, you can't think about it too much because it just falls apart yeah. so, so fast. And there's also, um, there's just some things like in the movie that are not addressed that like, uh, you're just like okay so so uh leslie odom jr's sister is um uh she's an asian woman and so there's like of course you know people people are have um adopted siblings like that's that's to me is not uh an unusual thing um their relationship dynamic is uh, curious like i i would find their relationship history to be a little bit more interesting but like one of the things that they did in this movie that really bothered me was with her with his, with this his sister her character she had her or this person that was her best friend this person this other woman was are you familiar familiar with the concept of queer baiting i don't think so so it's like this they're they're trying to maybe allude to this maybe being a, a queer character. Okay. They never come out and say it. Got it. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's and it just makes it to me more weird if you're mm. not just saying like, oh, this person is like not just my best friend or my roommate or whatever, but like, uh, but but this person is like her best friend is like, I think portuguese or like speech speaks portuguese rather Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to communicate i'm like this is the future how do you not have some sort of you can jump through time but you don't have like google translate yeah that's really weird and uh yeah so there's that that's a really weird dynamic but they also had like Mm. images of like gay couples in the movie so i'm like why are you like making this allusion to maybe her being gay but like not just saying it i just was like that just didn't make any sense but also like you're supposed to feel like orlando bloom is the villain of the movie because he's Mm. the one that's going back in time trying to get janine but you're like real you there's you sort of feel like leslie odom jr is kind of this possessive asshole Mm, and you're like oh maybe because like orlando bloom's like yeah nobody really belongs to anybody like Mm. you don't like you don't own a person like uh, and you just seem like a really insecure person who's like talking about wanting to go back in time and like kill Orlando Bloom so he can't <laughs> have you. It is really weird. And then the uh, it's like one of the worst endings of a movie I've ever seen. So boy. John well, Ridley just maybe big. we'll uh, maybe we'll cover it on the Patreon. 
<laughs> maybe we should i i did i did uh purchase it so <laughs> okay i'm seeing here 34 percent on the old rat tomatoes so not too good some of the um, some of the reviews are pretty are pretty great i bet uh john ridley i mean obviously a talented screenwriter as we said 12 years a slave uh right. lots of other good movies too directing wise uh he directed a great documentary called let it fall los angeles um but as far as features uh all he's done other than this i think is um that Jimi hendrix biopic uh that andre 3000 played Jimi hendrix in and i think that was the mm. only thing worth any note about it as far as i heard not uh, <laughs> especially well received and now uh, needle and time stack so a uh, rough moment for your boy john ridley uh yeah fascinating Come, yeah. Andrew coming in with the film takes. I love it. Yeah. Um, there were, but the other thing was like, I was so waiting for somebody to say that somebody to say like, <laughs> it's just like trying to find a needle in a time, like time Wait, stack. That sounds stupid. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like I, uh, everybody, everybody like was like coming up with, um, different names for needle in the needle in a time stack uh-huh. which is uh which is awesome somebody <laughs> um someone said a needle in a time stack is of course followed by fish in a time barrel <laughs> <laughs> there you go and then there's like uh there's also like clock block was the name of <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty another good. one uh let's see uh love isn't always on time time of my wife <laughs> back to back to the altar uh, this is good, good there go, there goes the bride <laughs> bride and um, prejudice no time to love time is on my bride <laughs> pirates oh, of the consummation <laughs> it's the kind of thing that if you saw like a paperback at the airport that said needle and time stack you'd be like okay like fair enough and then like to see it in this prestigious movie that was like wow that seems like you probably could have improved that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then there's uh, <laughs> somebody. So I had like all these other. Um, I think it was a. Uh, it's like early bird gets the sandworm is what the, the dune was called. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Which is tied into the larger dune universe. I know. Right. Does he need the spice to go back in time? That would be more interesting. <laughs> um anyway so if, if anybody wants to be disappointed by a needle on a time stack um, sounds good you, you, it, i was really hoping it was like going to be one of those sleeper movies that was like oh this is just a really stupid title and maybe right, it's right. actually good yeah that's what but I thought it like was. it's not even like bad good it's just sure. frustrating yeah that's that's the worst kind yeah well two two thumbstacks thumbstacks down <laughs> I was trying to come up with the rating system there. Yeah. Yeah. Thumbs, thumbs and yeah. Thumbs in a film stack, you know, yeah, two, you <laughs> two thumbs in um, a film stack down. It's been a while since we've it's been a while since we shared our takes. So those, that was a lot of takes. Those are good takes. Good takes. Um, hot takes. Now that we've gotten those takes out there, should we take a little time break? I think we should take a time break. Come back and, and we'll, we'll come back. We'll talk some element one Oh one. Stereo Girl. Hey, everybody. This is Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. You can tell it's me by that saying. Anyway, 
When I'm tired of listening to Dave Matthews Band sometimes And my feet hurt from walking around barefoot I like to go down to the pickle and boot shop And just hear Reese and Joe Talking about stuff Like ska This music is ska I love it And we're back talking element 101 mm-hmm. talking stereo girl mm. um right off the bat john i think for listeners who caught our first episode on element 101 uh future plans uh, undecided i might think oh this this sounds better mm-hmm. and it does it does this is yeah. a much better uh sounding record absolutely uh is it a better record uh no i would say debatable (laughs) Debatable. for for some for some fans yes uh Um, i would say i would say uh no as well yeah we threw this out as a question of the week and i was curious if there would be any sort of consistent response I, i think probably this is sort of the preferred uh album for folks maybe the most well-known certainly sounds the most polished but maybe you know kind of as danny stairs was saying for folks who are on that more mxpxy wavelength uh perhaps the debut record is the one that holds the most weight um but uh yeah jen mandigo dr chad aforementioned big element fan this is her favorite uh record of the three she goes stereo girl future plans more than motion uh we got Charles French weighing in saying probably in the order they came out, which I think, you know, this week on the Patreon, we're going to cover the third record. Yes. Uh, and I will just say, spoiler alert, I agree with his take. I think you probably do too. Yes. Um, our boy David Robledo says stereo, future, more. And then we got Mark from Goaty Hook weighing yes. in saying uh, the third record is his favorite then stereo girl then future um wow which is interesting takes all around so perhaps uh perhaps there's no consistent take about this i I certainly wouldn't fault anybody who liked this best but the first one is much more punk leaning yes you know i I think there would be some people who would call bullshit on us being like (laughs) You complained about the recording, the vocal quality, how there weren't enough harmonies. Right. right. And then this record has all of those things. Yeah. But then we're like, we prefer the first record. But I'll say that the reason that is, is that this record doesn't have any of the the same level of highs for me. Like if that first record had some very high highs and I there's really only one song on this record that like kind of comes close to some of that level of excitement that I felt on that first record. I agree. I wonder if it will be the same song. We'll see. Um, But yeah, there's certainly nothing here that excites me as much as some chances are worth taking, for example, um, which was (laughs) our shared number one from the first (laughs) record. Um, But you know what we, yes, what we said about the first record was 
it's not that we dislike the songs for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think there were a lot of good songs there. It's just the production was not up to snuff. Whereas this time around, it's the inverse of that. Um, and they're not bad songs. They're just there. There are not very many straight ahead punk songs at all to be found here. Um, so it's just not as much for me. Um, but especially the vocal production, a huge improvement here. Yes. Um, she sounds great. Uh, it's a very solid collection of sort of pop punk songs um <laughs> this was released february 13th 2001 on tooth and nail recorded at the blasting room in colorado oh. uh which we've talked about a few times uh, on the pod uh by bill stevenson stefan edgerton of descendants and all uh, as well as jason livermore uh mastered by brian gardner we've also talked about a few times uh music all music credited to element 101 all lyrics credited to chrissy um you know i we will we will as we said we're doing a little more truncated versions of these last couple bands to close out the season so we will not touch on more than motion in the main feed but we are covering it on patreon this week but what i'll say about that one is like that one for me is like the height of production like a very different sound on the third record and the least uh that i like like the 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 kind of uh the style of song that i like the least on that record but production and vocals that I think sound the best. And she's especially kind of pushing herself on the third album, I think with some vocal uh, performance and things she's trying that aren't definitely aren't on the first record and aren't on here as much. Although I do feel like she's, she's doing some things uh, that are interesting here and her voice always sounds good. Um, it's just right. that the production actually matches that this time. So she sounds good, um, but she's not quite, she, yeah, she does some, some shouting and stuff on the third record that she doesn't get to here. Um, but sort of, yeah, I, I'd say this is sort of in the middle, like, uh, you know, the first record, I really like the sound of the songs, uh, what they're mm-hmm. doing as a band and her vocals. Didn't really like the way that it came together on the record as much. This time, um, liking how it came together on the record. I mean, you know, being at the blasting room is a good uh, yes. a good bet for getting a good sound, yeah. uh, which they did again for the third record. Um, songs maybe not as interesting for me. And then it kind of continues in both of those trajectories even further for the third record. Um, you know, we also said the their first album wasn't especially explicitly Christian, uh, right. although there were definitely some instances of that here, pretty much gone entirely. Um, there are still some moments where you wonder what she's, what she's singing about maybe um, that lend themselves maybe to a guy or God <laughs> type song. Um, yeah. This feels still very much like a lot of heartbreak. Yes. Uh, definitely. Songs. Yep. Leading, kind of leaning towards that sort of uh, still, still coming of age in a sense. Maybe not mm-hmm. coming of age, but still some of those young, uh, idealistic ideas mm-hmm. of love and relationships, and some songs on here that I identify with that we'll we'll get to. But yeah, uh, no, I agree. Uh, you know, leaning even more into the their emo tendencies this time around. Um, that's sort of where she uh, tends to go narratively and lyrically. And I think all that stuff is still uh, strong here in terms of playing in that world. Um, but yeah, as far as the sound, just lots more pop slash radio rock hooks on this than the first record. And just as a result, not as much for me. Um, but curious to hear what you have to say, what other people have to say. Yeah. An interesting collection. Yeah. Should we dive in? Oh, you should. Yeah. 
Uh, and to to whom it may concern, um, to whom it may concern, <laughs> opening track. This is my number three. Okay. Um, as we sort of discussed off pod, um, I have a hard one and a and a soft two and three. <laughs> so you don't, want, you don't want that medically, but in this case, no, no one likes a, no one likes a soft two or three. But um, you know, I there's a, there's one song I feel very strongly about, and then there's a handful that I feel like yes. I could swap out for my three or four or whatever. Sure. It's a, uh, the riff. Dun, 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 it, I don't know. It just feels, it feels like a little like a uh, Bob Seger <laughs> to me, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but yeah. Um, I still, I still like it. It's still, I, the, the hello, I get that stuck in my head. Like the, yeah. that sort of the melody of that song as a song on uh, more than motion uh, bears out uh, when she's not singing, I'm not sure this is a super interesting band for the most part. And, you know, we've said they're very proficient players. They're very technically skilled and they do cool little flourishes sometimes, which we get glimpses of on this record. They do a couple instrumentals, Um, but I really feel like it's her vocals that really make this, make you sit up and and take notice of this band. And I think that's probably, yeah, what it is with this song, you know, that riff on its own is kind of like, okay, fine. But then she comes in and you're like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Something's happening here. Um, and they yeah, have those I, little noodly flourishes that yeah, just for sure. that sort of brighten things up a little bit. But Definitely. yeah, there's it's not not a very striking song. But there's there aren't a lot of songs that jump out to me. No, on I this agree. on this record, it's it's I think a lot of them are mostly fine. But it's yes. when there aren't like those like ooh, listen to that like right uh fast sort of like punk drumming and shredding or something on like on the first record this one it just starts out it feels incredibly slow yes it does and that's as with the last record for me i feel like it's just kind of a boring way to kick off the album like yeah i'm like come on guys we could have done something a little more attention grabbing than that up top i think it's just uh, it's not my favorite and again i think these are all fine there's nothing i really dislike here uh, just a little too radio poppy for me, I think, overall. Um, another maybe kind of a guy or God song potentially here. Uh, definitely some some emo lyrics. You know, she's got this idea of um, please be my telephone is, is the thing that kind of is the repeated refrain. Bring me the words that I need. Please be my telephone, which is an interesting idea. And I'm like, is that... Is that like a, a divine uh, telephone that can like sort a, of like a prayer metaphor of some kind? Yeah, something like that. Or is it more like the words that she needs are you know from this love interest in the telephone in in, in that sense? I don't know. I don't know. But it's a, yeah, it's a cool idea. 
Yeah. Uh, the lines to me that are in the God versus guy column are um, beautiful to me are all the things I see in a new day. The wonders of this life surpass brilliancy. And then uh, today my mind will grow because of what I'm shown. Let me let be what you see in me. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe let me be what you see in me. And I, I don't know, those to me sound like they could be like, let me be hold up to the the standard of like what you know I can right. be or like why you love me as a, as a, even though I'm a sinner or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think there's a couple of songs that sort of occupy that uh, narrative territory, but sure. Dead Romance Language Club, which I think is a great song title. That's a good title. Here we go. calling an audible and saying that this is my number three okay i, I approve of that more <laughs> yeah i'm yeah I'm, I'm swapping it out this is this okay. is another one of the songs i'm like like yeah i i'm more into i'm like hearing that i'm like yeah this is the the harmonies kick in yeah. and i'm like all right i'm i'm here for it yeah they they know their way around a catchy chorus um yeah i some people are saying this is the song that should have started the album <laughs> uh i feel like just I'd like the energy here off the bat. Cool intro riff that feels a little more like, um, you know, those little interesting moments that we talked about, like you were saying with the with the future plans undecided is like there were these moments, these pockets throughout of cool little intricate riffs, just something interesting and unexpected. And that's kind of yeah. how it starts out here. It doesn't necessarily continue in that vein um, for me to keep as excited as I am at that little intro, but it keeps the song propulsive and the, and the chorus is really catchy, as you're saying, with that uh you know the background vocal of her coming in sounds really cool um yeah there's some cool emo riffs little flourishes throughout um i like it i don't know i it's not in my top three but it's uh i like it it's a another sort of emo love song contender for that uh listing on this on this record but i i what i like about the song is this narrative uh that she's sharing about kind of being in love with this person maybe having this sort of uh being in this stuck in this sort of dreamy maybe idea of this person right yeah and that that she was like trying to win this guy over and just but but now she's like no it's i've grown too much and you know and she's kind of moved on from that and yeah uh so i like i like there's a little bit of that that growth throughout the song, which I which I appreciate. You know, you yeah. don't don't change for somebody, right? Yeah, 
two things I've learned. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't ever change for anybody and don't enter into a situation where you uh, are banking on that other person changing for you. Mm, yeah, good point. Yeah, and she does kind of return to that idea a couple times, I think. Yeah, yeah. I tried to win your favor once, looked at you and tried again now twice. My world hurts now. That's too great a price. So yeah, don't do it, guys. Heartbreak. Yep. Right, bro. Um, now a faithful fascination. This is my number one. Okay, this is my number three. Okay. So we do not have a shared number one, but at least we agree that the song is great. Uh, this song is rude as fuck because <laughs> how dare Chrissy write a song uh, so accurate and so pointed. <laughs> I wrote real Enneagram 4 energy here. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so mad about it. I'm so mad about this song. Yeah. It seems that I'm thinking every thought that there may be to think all in a single day. That's what I wrote down as evidence of my claim that it was real on your grand force. God damn it. Not, not only that, but time doesn't take every single heartbreak yep. when That's you're waiting oh, so long. Ugh. Those are the two lyrics that I wrote down. Uh, I hate notes. it. I hate that it's so accurate. <laughs> it's pretty great. You know, yeah. like people talk about time uh healing all wounds fucking bullshit <laughs> mm, yeah it sometimes time doesn't heal a wound you just learn to live with it i'm i'm a i'm a person who deeply feels heartbreak like mm-hmm. it it affects me in a very profound way that i i carry it around like a wound mm. and those the scars remain just like with yeah. any wound you you have a scar it's a reminder and you you, you might have it you might it might be healed over but you still have the the memory of yeah of that of, that, of the pain so uh i uh yeah it, it lessens the pain lessens but it's you know but also watching my somebody fall in love with someone else's love mm. you know it's just like you hate it you hate yeah. uh yeah <laughs> yep. yeah man this I, is what we I, talked about. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just I heard this song for the first time. I'm like, <laughs> God damn it, Chrissy, how dare you? <laughs> you got me. Um, <laughs> you got me. Yeah, I, I mean, that's something we talked about with the first record too. But she's just she's able to um, articulate that that emo uh, heartbreak uh, wavelength very very well, uh, and this is a great example of that. Um, I guess this is an evidence of some of the slower songs on this record. Even though I was saying earlier, it's not as punk working for me really well i think there's a really nice build here i like kind of starting out 
slower and quieter and then that build into the, that super catchy chorus as you said the like time doesn't take every single heart it's yeah. so catchy it's so good and all the harmonies um, are so yes, good too. the harmonies sound great um and i think once those harmonies come in and then there's a great bridge with some toms that come in um like okay they're 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 working on on, on all cylinders here um but uh there's also a fun little instrumental song <laughs> at the end that's kind yeah. of a bonus song here um, um yes they have several songs like that throughout their discography it's kind of curious that it's put in at the end of this song um, right but should we maybe hear some of that at like the three minute mark yeah absolutely very cure definitely <laughs> sounds like close to me it is very much that song but they have all these fun little practice fuck around songs that I appreciate that they include. It's fun. I want to fast forward a little bit to the, yeah. towards the end of it. Yeah, cool. I think those combination of those those two parts of the song, uh, this sort of pop heartbreak anthem with a he- catchy as hell chorus, and then the cure at the end. I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't understand it, but I'm not mad right. about it. Yeah, no, I just like that they're a band that I feel like you can tell little songs that people work out while they're like waiting for whatever uh you know somebody to fix a string or, or tune or whatever where you're just kind of waiting around and sometimes you little sometimes you write that little part at the end of a faithful fascination and sometimes you write get back <laughs> exactly yeah um but i love that they repeatedly are like oh you know that little thing we were messing around with like let's include that on the album i think it's fun little right. uh, aside there so anyway. sure. all right and that end part just transitions right into Track four, standing on the edge of night, which is another very emo title. <laughs> yes. my number two okay this is just outside my top three yeah Um, i went back and forth 
Yeah, I the opening drums and that little guitar riff and the oh 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 and yeah, it's it's also catchy. Yeah, I can't I can't help it. I can't. There's there is a song later in this album that I I flirted with putting in my top three, but again, like I said, it I, I couldn't decide. I was like, yeah. is this my is this my number three? Is this in my yeah. top three? And I just couldn't right. I couldn't pull the trigger on it. Sure. Well, we we're only overlapping on one song, it seems, but yes. I do appreciate the ones that you've chosen. Um, I think the song is really fun. It's very driving. Um, you know, I keep returning to the idea of emo, but that's just how this feels. Like it, it's kind of it's like a can't stop thinking about this person kind of love song. You know, that chorus, as you mentioned, I need you, I want you, look into my eyes, you're all you'll see inside. Um, it's there great. There isn't any time I'm better off without you. Yeah. I've, I, I, Chrissy is just speaking my language so, so <laughs> yeah, often. Man. Yeah. It's these yeah. very lofty, mm-hmm. uh, lovey kind of phrases <laughs> that I'm just like, I, this is, this is how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. in relationships <laughs> so i hear this and i'm like this is corny this is cheesy <laughs> but like i i hear it and i'm here for it i like it uh she's she's getting the arrow right in the center of that emotional bullseye <laughs> um cool little bridge in here too um yeah i just think it's a uh, it's a good one it uh barely eluded my my top three but like it quite a bit yeah fun nice a little shreddy flourish there's not as much on this album but when they hit it for those couple seconds it always sounds great yeah today and always motion while we were listening to that swinging those jaunty <laughs> arms and what i have in my notes as my first thing here is jaunty arm swinging song <laughs> <laughs> i was fully prepared to do those arms and you went right into them it's just it, it's one of those songs we we, we refer to with our physical arm swinging sometimes we're just kind of like just a little too dancey it's very bouncy not really not really a mode that works for me generally it's kind of like a little too jaunty for your boy. This um, this song would be on before everything and after, like that. <laughs> yes, right. that era of MXPX. This is the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, dude. 
don't don't um it's not quite that bad but um yeah it's little fine. is <laughs> it's fine it's not it's not my favorite i i also think mode. it's i also think i'm i want to just apologize to jen mandigo right now because <laughs> she's not, like, what the hell? <laughs> not not only are we are we taking shots at this song but we're also taking shots at her favorite mxpx album yeah so, it's double <laughs> doubly rough i'm and also like we went after the the sour patch kids and all all a while like she just lost her precious cat so oh i know jen. I, I'm oh, so, man. jen i'm so tough like, week it's tough i we don't mean to be giving you a hard time but no we we love you and yes it's all done in love all done in you love. know that you mean a lot to us yes um so yeah i don't know uh, not my favorites uh however this next song ooh, just to like you Mm-hmm. Oh shit. This one is my number one. Okay. I don't see you. I don't see you rocking out as I am. <laughs> Perhaps doesn't resonate with you. I just give me those punk drums, baby. I think they sound great. Yeah. It feels like a punk song. And I just woke up when I, when I heard that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a great, a great pop punk song. I think the drums sound great. Uh, tight, punchy opening riff. And then that kind of translates into this, riffy chord progression that kind of propels the rest of the song for me yeah the like, drum the drum transition from out of the chorus into yeah. <laughs> sounds great yep. there's just a lot of those little technical flourishes that we kind of talked about yeah um i don't know but i think the melody is great i think the chorus is is great propulsive those drums that just riding it and the vocals coming in with the harmonies there super catchy um and then uh there, there's a fun bridge here where we we get to see some of that technically intricate and kind of interesting time signature stuff just briefly but a little a glimpse of a moment uh, kind of like the ones we were talking about enjoying on the first record um at like 148 if we could hear some of that cool yeah it it feels out of place in the song but it's really cool i like it it's like oh they're doing cool stuff yeah, yeah. there's 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 a propulsive 
element to it. Then all of a sudden it's like, like that math rock stuff coming in for a hot second there. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This one's kind of a new relationship love song, maybe Uh, sort of hesitant about committing after heartbreak. Uh, even if it feels like it could be real, that's kind of what I what I got from it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this the, this whole song to me just feels like the most exciting on the record. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree. I think uh, there's certainly elements to this song that are just more interesting than mm-hmm. the ones in my top three. Sure. But it's it's hard for me to to, to deny the. Uh, yeah the 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 choruses of yes a faithful fascination sure (laughs) which to me is just like oh it's just such an earwormy song for me yeah yeah absolutely uh as is this next one 20 years in the making if only my heart spoke the things it would tell me to hold on to me So this is my number two. Okay. Um, I'm just very into it. Again, I, the slow songs on this record really work for me. Right. Um, and those little guitar parts of like, yeah. I just love that. Um, nice harmonies throughout mm-hmm. too. Yep. I This song would fit very well on a Masked Intruder record. Ooh, yeah. That Whenever you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, those are... They're always great songs whenever you say that. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a because it, it's got this that sort of pop pop punk yeah. element, but then also feels very fifties doo-woppy. Yeah, the fifties thing, just yes. That yes. that sort of dance. You can imagine this being at some uh-huh. sort of like fifties high, you know, enchantment under the sea dance. Exactly. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I think, and you know, I feel like we've covered a, a fair amount of uh, songs in that mold, and I'm always a sucker for it. There's like. Yep that descending melody with a crunchy yeah. guitar doing it. I'm just like, oh, put it in my veins. And I, yes, Mass Intruder, for me, it's like Weezer. That's kind of my touch point for hearing that kind of yeah, sound sure. always. Um, yeah, and then anything another... that's kind of Ramon's core to me. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. If it's, you know, Screeching Weasel or right, right, you know, right. Mass Intruder, that kind of that kind of style. Love that shit. Um, good bridge here, too, if we could hear some of that at like 149. Sure. I really like that she was going for it there. Yes. Not, not you know, getting a little bit out of her out of her comfort zone, out of her mm-hmm. her standard range. Yeah. Trying that yep. falsetto. 
I think it's her doing that in the bridge the da, 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 that I was, that put me over the edge into like top three territory. Yeah, it's just the melody's great, vocals sound great there. Um, you know, she's she's fully again emo AF territory. <laughs> Those butterflies deep between my heart and stomach tell me I'm alive. I'm just like, oh, that's the kind of thing again that like I would have aspired to express <laughs> as a teenager writing love songs. Even the core, I mean, the if only my heart spoke the things it would tell me to hold on to meaning, keep on dreaming. I mean, that's that's Enneagram for oh my stuff God. right there. For yeah. sure. <laughs> what's what's Chris, what's Chrissy Steele? <laughs> uh, married again? <laughs> Shit. Well. Yeah. <laughs> get her on the pod get her on the pod all right a wish for you or as uh spotify has it wish for you comma a <laughs> interesting fun i like this one um i really like aspects of it um the verses are a little too poppy for me maybe maybe some of that arm swinging territory <laughs> but i feel like the melody of the chorus is really cool nice background vocals as we heard there um and there are some surprising moments in the transitions between sections kind of like we were saying earlier where it's like oh you didn't have to do that interesting flourish but you did um and i think that is bared out a little bit in the uh there's a nice emo sounding final chorus with background vocals in it uh, at like 2.22, if we could hear some of that. Like that. I think if they did more of that, I think that stuff stands out so much. 100%. 100%. I, I mean, we said with the first record that we wish there were more of that sound with yes. the male background vocals. And every time they do it, they pull it off so well. And I'm like, yeah. do this, do this all the time. Um, yeah, I'm assuming I, that's um, that's our boy Chris Mazzoni. I think so. They got Chris um, Mazzoni on the guitar over here. Hey, Chris, why don't you sing hey, on a few more hey, songs? Hey, over here? fucking Sal, why don't you get a little <laughs> bit on the mic over here? Uh, I love that there is a Sal. It's just like <laughs> such great Jersey uh, names. <laughs> just Jersey dudes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, whenever they do that, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. And it's like that kind of classic 
you know, late nineties, two thousands emo sound of like the two voices coming in together. I just, I think that I, I always think they nail that. Um, and I want more of it as you're saying. Yep. Um, thematically, uh, you know, it's called a wish for you sort of encouraging someone suggesting that they maybe believe in themselves more. Um, that kind of vibe. Hey, Danny Papa, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you believe in yourself? You hey. bastard. <laughs> so why you always busting my balls? You're busting my balls. <laughs> busting my balls over. <laughs> I really hope that's how they talk to each other during rehearsal and stuff. Hey, Chrissy, you sing like a goddamn angel. Over <laughs> what's your deal again? What's your, what's your deal? She's like, oh. we're friends for 40 years. We're friends know. for friends, Sal. Don't be coming at me with that bullshit. Hey, what... Chrissy, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've like listened to her at interviews and she definitely doesn't sound like that, but I like the idea. Of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, this is so offensive to everyone. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry Italian to New Americans. Jersey. Sorry to Italians. Sorry, sorry to Element 101. <laughs> sorry to everybody. Uh, I'm half Italian, so I'm saying it's okay. <laughs> Those harmonies were so were so Good. great. Yeah, into it. Um, Again, more yeah. please. When they when they transition into the, the the faster sections of the song, I'm I'm perking up a little more. I agree that the harmonies sound good, but I'm like, oh. Uh, and they go back and forth between the sort of time signatures, which is interesting. Um, but there's parts of the song that that work a little better for me. Um, there's a catchy power pop sound throughout here. I think. Um, yeah. I would like to hear a little of the bridge. Uh, it's kind of got a, a cool little building riff there at like a 204. This is like the part of the show where you'd be like, All right, everybody, how you doing out there? We're all hey, we got, from New Jersey. We got Chris Mazzoni on backup vocals. <laughs> exactly. We got Sal. On the bass, we got my boy Nick on the drums over here. We got Daddy Papa on guitar. We got Chrissy. Exactly. But this is so fun. Yeah. That rules. It's great. That is great. Very fun. I love a little section you can you can riff on yeah introduce the, the band exactly hey, trying, to have the pri- trying to have private conversations <laughs> forget about it <laughs> all right that's all right, I gotta, we, we gotta cool okay, it we're done we're done <laughs> yes we're, we're <laughs> we've done. used up all our, all our, our gabagool <laughs> oh my God. um lyrically i think maybe another contender for the guy or god category 
I think it's a love song of some kind, although I'm not exactly here on which one. Uh, but even the title could be like a reference to prayer, private conversation. Like, is it a private conversation with the Lord? I don't know. My mind was wandering away, more every day scattered in disarray. Oh, God, you've broken through, taking me from where I withdrew. Now, is she talking to God? Or is she just like, oh, God, you've done this. You know? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. You've done. You've, you've broken through. Yeah, you've broken through. Um, uh, I don't know. But I like it either way. I like it. Yeah, that that bridge part, undeniable. Yeah. Fun. I'll, I'll do a little spoiler. Mm. This was a top three contender for me. Okay. Another instrumental. Doing some cool stuff. One of the longer songs on the record. Yeah. repeats there but yeah i really like that central riff that they build it around though yep do do dead do dead did i mean they always seem to have a few of these at least a little instrumental showing off their skills um you know shows they're interesting more complex leanings so i'm glad they include it i like it yeah the song we say that it's called yeah go ahead (laughs) a desperate plea for the uh, retaliation of the mundane yeah another great emo title there yeah almost um could be an auto blaster the rocket man. <laughs> yeah, almost. Needs some <laughs> dripping in there somewhere, maybe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it but... needs it needs to be like another full paragraph longer. <laughs> yeah, right. Colon. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. Ooh, I love their little bass solos. That rolls. That's great. Yeah. So there's fun. Some, there's some interesting stuff happening in the song. Definitely. And, and I was I, like, that's why I was like tempted to yeah. reward it with one of my top three spaces because I'm like, I'm trying something on this one. Yes. And I like that they include it again because I'm like, oh, that gives me the sense again that you're doing interesting stuff sometimes. I wish there was more of that throughout the like non instrumental songs on this record, but yeah, still enjoy it. Um, the penultimate song, Introspective.
that's um got some good good old fashioned shredding. It does. Um yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't have too much to say about this one. And maybe another kind of encouragement uh to like reach within yourself to find inspiration when you're feeling down. Yeah. Introspective, as it were. Uh I don't know. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. I like the shredding. I like the build to this part here. Love that part. Whenever whenever those harmonies come in, I'm on board. Yeah. Um, closing song, Silhouette. It's another slow burn. Yes, very slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a minute, a full minute of this just guitar intro before the song proper starts. So I'm like, is this another kind of arbitrary instrumental included on another track? Or is this part of the song? It's hard to say. It's cool though. We should also say the song is credited as silhouette in some places and skyline silhouettes in other places. So, uh. all right, let's start this song, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, where should we get to? I think it's at like a minute. There we go. See, I feel like that's just like a track on its own. I don't know. Here's the real sign. strongest closer in my opinion no no not uh both records for me so far don't love the the opener or the closer yeah i could kind of see as with uh future plans undecided why this is the album closer but it's also just pretty boring <laughs> for me yeah. um you know what some... Mitch, you know what mitch Hedberg says what's that as a comedian you got to start strong and you got to end strong can't be like pancakes all exciting at first but by the end you're fucking sick of them (laughs) exactly well put (laughs) um 
yeah I, I don't know it doesn't it doesn't leave a huge impression but i also get it's like where else are we going to kind of stick this style of song um just there's, there's kind of multiple song elements here i'm not sure they really all come together but i do like her vocal performance on the song she sounds good there's a cool little bass solo at one point uh love those but uh yeah i don't know maybe kind of a a growing up taking stock of where you are and looking ahead yep making decisions kind of song so i guess it makes sense to close out on that theme sure i think it's fair but yeah uh again to whom it may concern and skyline silhouettes just not the strongest no closer oh, opener and closer in my opinion agreed uh and that's stereo girl that is stereo a sort girl. of mixed bag i think yeah um but some highlights for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and I think Future Plans Undecided would be the record that I would return to more often, probably, even yes. with its sort of production issues. But they're just operating in a, a wavelength that I am into a little more there. Um, although, like you said, there's there's definitely a handful of songs here that I'd be happy to keep in the regular rotation going forward. Um, this is the end of our element run, as we said, for these last, you know, this last stretch here, we're doing shorter, more abbreviated uh, band coverage. Um, but if you can't get enough of that element coverage, head on over to the Patreon this week where we're going to cover more of the motion, which is a real uh, mixed bag. <laughs> uh, not, a, not even that mixed for me, but interesting stuff going on, to be sure. Um, but let us know what you think about this discussion, about element in general. Uh, about... about our various New Jersey voices. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you want us to do more of them or even more of or them. Or you can send us some emails with hate mail. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'll get my Italian relatives to to write something <laughs> angry. Uh, let us know what you think at Magnified Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Subscribe if you haven't already and give us a rating or review. I got to say, not a lot of ratings or reviews lately, mm, folks. Mm. Uh, get those in and we will read them on the show. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 8727-MAGPOD. You can support us at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod, where you can get extra bonus content like the aforementioned discussion of More Than Motion. Uh, thanks to Shadow Producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl, and thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studio for our artwork. And Andrew, got a little mm. announcement here before we go. Ooh. little announcement over here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop. Uh, our next band and our last band for the season, mm. Hangnail. Yes. Long awaited Hangnail. Uh, so, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back out on the ice next week when we'll discuss Hangnail's self titled debut. Swing those arms. Jaunty as hell. Very jaunty. I mean, it is cold outside. Mm. It's cold outside. John. I'd say.
It is, is quite it warm, warm in your heart. It is quite warm in my heart for my yeah, brother. I know it is. Yeah. For my dude. Hell yeah. It's, it's it's warm in my heart and also sad and full of feelings at all yeah, times. Yeah, man. I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling every endless. I have every single thought, uh, all day, every day. <laughs> all day. Yeah, right. Whatever the line was. Uh, you and Chrissy, just a couple of feelers. Oh man. For more shows like this one, visit RockCandyRecordings.com.